part of blindsidepods.com. I hate to say this because I almost never criticize other people on the radio, but and I'll say this as mildly as possible. The guy they they replaced Minahan with was is just not a big market well, kind of guy. Why He's like a, they get someone else to go I, with that's, Callahan? I think that's the big mystery. I mean, the reality is there always been, been there for really years strong personalities. It was yeah. uh, John Dennis, who used to be a TV mm-hmm. a sports reporter, and Callahan starting the thing. Mm-hmm. And then there was Minahan, who really is – I mean, he is brilliant at radio. He really is has a talent. And they replaced him with a guy who everybody tells me – I've never met him – is a very decent guy who's just I – mean, he's not talented. Oh. Hey everybody, it's DC. No, I'm HB. He's off playing kickball today. But I was able to uh, pull out of the woodpile Monique from Radio Gunk because I wanted to talk Stern. <laughs> and he never pile. listened to Stern, so what does it matter? The woodpile. Yeah, the woodpile. Yeah. That's like what I can think baby of. baby mouse. Yeah, yeah no kidding. I like that. You're going to uh, like harass and yell at me like you do your, your guys there? You know what? If you don't listen, I am called. I am called on my website, the benevolent dictator, yep. and it really does hold true because you know they just don't listen. It's kind of like herding cats, so it's a little bit difficult to wrangle everybody. One is using Bluetooth. One is using real headphones. Oh, the you other can't one's use using, Bluetooth with this. I know. I know. I know. I know. Maybe for Christmas, I'll get them all like a nice little setup, so that they actually sound decent. You oh, just have to go on music. eBay. I'm going on eBay right now. I'm trying to get some new headphones because the ones I have are about to snap in half. Oh, babe, you can only use the Sonys. You can only yeah, that's use what I'm going Sonys. to get. Is I'm going to get the Sonys, and they have them on eBay for, I, I'm at a, like a $23 bid for a pair of like $100 headphones, so I'm hoping that nobody hears this and tries to get my headphones. Are you kidding? Just go to Amazon and and buy the the Sony's that everybody in the world uses. You're like the only person who doesn't use them. What's wrong with you? Well, I'd like to use them. I'm just trying to get them at a good deal because I'm cheap. Uh, uh, bastard. Yeah, you sound much better here than you do on your own podcast. I you, you know I cast. do. Believe me, I know I do. No, normally I sound okay, but I'm usually very fidgety because I'm a, I'm a little bit ADD. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I have to manage the board, do the sound, do the clips, do the links, do everything all by myself. So it actually is a lot of work for me to do. Yeah, and those guys are just like drooling, sitting there, maybe paying attention, maybe screaming when they shouldn't have. Yeah, this running the board stuff is a pain in the ass. It's such a fucking dick. It's, it's well, as you know, we mm-hmm. discussed this, that I'm now on voice meter potato, which I love. Uh, but the only problem with that is that I don't have the ability to have other people in, well, studio. I use that term loosely. In studio with me. So, because now I don't have the, the Behringer uh, Zenix that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, I have it, but I don't have it. Now, maybe I'll sell it to you at a really reasonable price because I think you would love it. But, um, but now I can't do it with other people on mic in, uh, in the office space with me. Oh. So, but everything is, everything is virtual now, so it's amazing. And yeah, I think and- I might go over to like OBX, OBS. I might go to OBS. I'm not sure yet. Oh, I'm going to get so much shit for this talk because I'm known as the audiophile and about this audio sounds good and that audio sounds good. And I'm only I'm the only one who gives a shit about it. Just me. Nobody cares. All I know now, all I know is that you're allegedly an audiophile and you have shitty headphones and you're looking for the best price on eBay as opposed to pulling the fucking trigger on them when you could have on Amazon Prime Days yesterday and the day before. They didn't have a discount on them. Not on those. Not on the not on the professional ones that I want. 
Yes, those are the ones I use. I, ha- I literally have four pairs here. Yeah, they're great. I have four pairs. But, I, because... but I'm going to get them for $23. If I can get them for $23, why don't I just get them for that? Mm, okay. Well, I had right, you whatever. here because I wanted to talk Stern. Fine. And I, I had the idea that I'd kind of listen to some of the audio cuts and stuff and talk about it. And then I heard your two podcasts that are like six hours long in total. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I going to do here? Everything that I'm going to say, I'm going to inadvertently steal from you because you That's had okay. all the best lines. I heard Stuttering okay. John's podcast, and yours is like today. a thousand times better than his. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'm good friends with John, and we talked about it, um, I don't know, early last week or maybe the week before, and, you know, we were, all, uh, we were both kind of like, oh, my God, who the fuck put this out? Like, you know, how did this get into our dirty little hands? And we felt so blessed about it because, you know, and I, I, I let him take the lead. I didn't care. I couldn't wrangle my cats mm-hmm. early enough to get it done super early. And I was more than happy to let John take the lead in it because I knew that ours would be a little bit more succinct and, you know, a little bit more well thought out and, you know, just a a little bit better for the listener. Sounded like he was on his way to the airport and just kind of threw it up there after shitting all over Jackie Martling. I mean, he just eviscerated the guy. Yeah, earlier in the podcast. I mean, he just ripped Jackie apart. I guess Jackie did. I don't know. You know, I was... Half paying attention to the beginning, I guess John was shitting on Jackie in another setting and Jackie took offense to that as opposed to like Jackie has shit on everybody and anyone in the stern world at a drop of a hat. And so John busted his balls and I guess Jackie didn't like it. I thought we were friends. God damn it. <laughs> the interesting thought about that is that Jackie is so um cognizant of what he says and how he reacts to all things Howard that the reality is is that Jackie doesn't actually ever ever shit on Howard and and that happens to be the case for a lot of people that I talk to that I know that are ex or you know currents on the show who are just so scared to say anything and not necessarily that Jackie is because he's older now he probably could give a shit Mm -hmm. but they're just so scared to say anything about him because they're worried about the repercussions of it and worried about how he may or may not affect their uh livelihood like how so at this point I I don't know I don't know it's it's amazing to me so when that video came out I heard from at least two or three guys who were either Howard TV or or previous people from the show they were like holy shit did you see the video did you see who who released that i'm like i was just about to ask you that like i was just about to ask you so you know we've been having this guessing game as to who it was that actually leaked it out and i'm praying for a part two really i'm praying for it i I was too nothing would make me happier so is this the video where he brings in marcy turk and says marcy turk is your boss that's exactly right. So the way we think it happened is that, you know, he was doing his little cultish getting things done seminars. He used to bring Marcy out to his house in the Hamptons and they would have discussions about how he could get his shit together in a in a better way. He read the book. He was very into the whole thing. And, and Marcy was kind of the guy who wrote the books, kind of emissary to the world. Meanwhile, she had had seven jobs. The fact that she is like the head of his fucking organization is mind-boggling. Well, I think that says something about him, though. 
Uh, oh, 100%. So, so he had her out to the house and she did a bunch of seminars with him and she became kind of like, you know, when you work for a corporation or something and oh, they yes. bring in, yes, and they bring in a, you know, one of those management consultant people, ergo somebody who needs to see whether or not your job is relevant to the company mm -hmm. anymore and will fire you if you're not. And that's, I think, what she became. And I think that he just got to a point where, you know, you, you always forget that everybody on that show has never had another job in their lives. You know, Sal was a stockbroker, barely. If I can pump he's, a, dump. he's a stock uh, speculator, a stockbroker. Maybe. Oh, at, so at I, best. The, the so, fact that he even passed his uh, Series 7 or whatever it's called, or 11, is shocker to me. So I used what to work in the I'm securities sorry. industry, working for a financial services company. And yeah. for a period of time, I worked in our licensing commissions area. And I was able to go into the FINRA website and look up Sal. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, oh, there, there, there were just some some things in there, some uh, some complaints. Let's put us put it that I way. I could see that happening. You could see him working in a boiler room. Yeah. You know, just doing like a shit job. I clearly, had enough time to call Howard Show twenty seven times a friggin' day, and you know, make phony phone calls. I had and a series six. Like that. It's not a series seven's license. It's a little. The series seven is a little bit more intense. I had a series six. You can pass it if you read enough and you memorize enough. Anybody can pass it. Okay, what does that say for you? I got to be honest, but okay. It says so, I'm. It doesn't say very much for me. But I'm not in the so, industry anymore. I couldn't handle it. All done. I I don't blame you. That's a very high pressure. You know, sales just in general sucks. You know, because you're only as good as your last paycheck, and you're mm -hmm. only as good as your last sale. So it's never it's never a good thing unless you're in like super super high finance and and you know just mega wealthy you know hedge fund guy or something yep. like that but then you burn bright and fade fast so you know a lot of them get really super and rich and they spend a shit ton of fucking money and next thing you know they're like 55 years old and and they have nothing to show for the millions that they made or you divorce and your kids hate you because you got to work 100 hate hours you. a Right. Yeah. The wife gives you all sorts of shit. She, she wishes that you would have drowned in a fucking ambient stupor in your own vomit. And it's never a good scene. No. <laughs> so I've got, I've got the Getting Things Done book. I did buy it. I've listened to a few of those podcasts. And I got it just to have some tips and tricks to be more effective. I'm really good at time management. But I don't see the cult. I, don't, I, I guess I could see where you get into the cult nature. But I took a look and say, oh, this is great. I can make a list. Oh, this is great. I can organize this way and that'll help me. But I don't look at it as like a lifestyle change. I think that it is for some people, and I think that, that you can extrapolate from that and take it into a place of, okay, this is how I have to live my life. You know, it's kind of like people that are on keto or bullshit like that. Oh, it's like, you know, this is a lifestyle change now. And I need to make sure that I listen to the edicts that are set forth in this book. And, and you know, what I think is that Howard was probably one of those guys who still used fucking like, AOL or something like that. And you know the way that all those people that use AOL, which I, listen, I'm a Libra. I need to have everything in fucking order. I make mm -hmm. lists. I do everything so that my life is balanced. And the fact that you could look at your phone and see that you have 4,500 fucking messages would drive me absolutely batshit. And I feel like he was one of those guys. Robin too. Like I feel like he was one of those guys who just let things just go and go and go and go and it reached a critical mass. He's talked about a long time ago, he's talked about about having a Covey planner. He's talked about Franklin Covey. So he's been into this. I remember this in the 90s. I remember him talking about Covey because I think I remember him saying those stores were closed on a Sunday. 
I vaguely remember that, but I think he's been into that time management stuff. But I got the feeling that he's an obsessive compulsive guy that when he gets fixated on his new toy or his new idea, it's he's got to learn everything about it. He's got to be perfect at it. It's got to be the thing. And then it disappears. Let's look at that summer of grilling. I think, what was that, like 2002, 2003, where he was... Well, that's exactly right. And he also needs to have a teacher to teach it to him. Yeah, so he had that Steve He even Reichlin. mentioned this week. Right. He even mentioned this week that he didn't really know how to swim that well because he doesn't know how to put his head in and bring it out so that he can actually do a really good stroke. And he was embarrassed about the fact that he doesn't know how to swim well. So he actually had a swimming teacher for a while oh, to show him how to do a fucking breaststroke. Like, seriously. So I was a competitive swimmer. Breaststroke was my stroke. <laughs> I was a natural. And I've taken my, this is so sad because I don't want to, I don't want to say like piss on people who don't know how to swim. But when I would take my kid to the Y to get swimming lessons, like when he was three, I would Mm -hmm. see like the adult lane where they would have like the adult swimmers who don't know how to swim. And it just was a sad sight. And I was just like, this is why I'm doing this at three. This is why I learned how to swim and was a competitive swimmer. 100%. 100%. I also learned how to swim at the Y, well, I think, yeah, it was a YMCA, not a YWCA. And I was queen of the fucking backstroke, you know, because I have kind of long arms. Yep. And I just, I worked that. And I could, you know, go underwater, turn around, swim back. And I don't understand if you, if you learn the stroke, it's pretty friggin' simple yep. to kind of do it as an adult. I mean, you never forget that stuff. God, he's a I piece agree. of veal. He's, what is he, 60 he something and he doesn't know how to swim? He's a caged veal. This is all he is. And, you know, the funny thing is, okay, so we had a week worth of shows, right? So we've had eight, 12 hours. Yeah, it's been three days. It's a week's worth of shows. Didn't mention a single word about the video. Did you see? Oh, my God. Did you see what I posted today? No, I didn't. Uh, One of my guys got through to the wrap-up show <laughs> and uh, and said, yeah, I really loved uh, Goldman, you know, who was on today. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you think now that Howard really liked her that she'll be a friend of the court? And, <laughs> <laughs> and it got on, and it got on air. Now we go and on to Jim, Jims and Queens. <laughs> You're on the wrap-up show. You know, some asshole compared me to John Hine, and it was the oh most God, insulting thing I ever heard. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. You, you know, you kind of help MHB a little bit. You're like the John Hine. Like, fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Fuck you. I'm no diabetic fuck who eats my hamburgers plain and then writes a fucking book about it but as if I have some knowledge. But you are another fucking jackass, no good motherfucker. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Who is that Iron Sheik? That's the Iron Sheik. Oh, I got, I got all the Iron Sheik stuff that MHB I doesn't know it. where it comes from. You are no good. You are worse than Michael Jackson. <laughs> Fuck you, piece of shit. <laughs> Fucking oh. bullshit. <laughs> I've got like I everything lined up. I want to know, are you the man or are you a fucking piece of shit? No good motherfucker. So he's no fun now that he's sober. I'm glad he's sober. It's nice that he's sober. But I've seen like shoot videos of him now, and he's like really quiet, really nice, doesn't have much to say. Drugs are an amazing thing. And nobody likes a fucking sober guy. I mean, let's be honest. Right. You know, it's like, it, it, where's the sport in that? <laughs> Just fucking control your shit. You know, sip it through a straw, drink a glass of water, continue. That's just the way life is. Yeah. Sorry. So I went through oh, okay. before we were talking. I, I was so prepared that five minutes before I went on the Sirius app to just to go through. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through each day. I guarantee he hasn't talked about it. But the things that he did talk about, like he talked about his mom, he talked about uh, there were some things 
in pop culture that were about as big as as the video that he did talk about. So it's got to be on his radar. Uh, what I know for a fact that 1000% it is on his radar. Um, but he is looking at this in the same lens that he looks at everything Artie, everything John, everything Jackie, everything anybody who has been part of the show has, has said. You know, if I ignore it, it'll go away. And if you notice, and of course we take note of this shit on our website, is that he, uh, is for your the website last up two now? days... Oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> Fucking with you. Radiogunk.com, you fuckface. And so he um, he didn't take any calls the last uh, couple of days. Today, he actually started taking some calls and they were all tee-ups to things he wanted to talk about. So Marianne from bullshit. Brooklyn, bullshit, that type Ugh. of stuff. Bobo. Ugh. Bo- exactly, that's exactly right. And now he has a Bobo puppet and a Tan Mom oh, puppet. For crying out loud. So, yeah, theater of the mind. Like, I need a fucking puppet show. But, you know, if you recall Howard when he was a child, that was what he was into. That's he was right. Into puppets. And his parents built him a little, you know, set or stage down in the basement, and he would give puppet shows to his parents' friends. So, you know, he's reliving his, his childhood that he hated so fucking much. He was the only white guy in all of Roosevelt, which is a, a, a crock of shit. You know, it's just everything about him is now, as we call it, wig visionist history. Like everything has changed. And the, the best things that come out of this video is, you know, sometimes I go on Reddit nowadays, which I never used to. But I just love reading about people who used to love him. And now we're like, holy shit, I'm looking at this with a whole different set of eyes. You know, he's not the guy I thought he was. And I'm like, dudes, you really can't take it that seriously. You know, in the big scheme of the world, he's just a DJ on the radio and that's pretty much it. And yeah, he's been a part of our adult lives for a long, long time, but he's just a guy we don't know. You know, he's just some fucking guy who just happens to make a shit ton of money. You know, working three days a week. So you may not you may not agree with this, but if we look in the grand scheme of things, if if I have a choice between, say, the Scott Shannon show or yeah. Elvis Duran, he's still yeah. better than that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, 100 percent. It's still it's still an improvement over what I generally am going to get on the radio. But it's just it, it's a pale image. It's a it's it's like semi retired. It's. It's the husk that's left it's over after like you eat a shrimp scampi and you just have like some tails and, and scales left. That's what it is. It was delicious at the time, but now you just have some shit that maybe you can make some broth with. I mean, that's all it is now. But the difference is like a Scott Shannon also plays music and mm-hmm. a Scott Shannon, you know, has a set formula because he's true radio. And so he's got commercials. He's got a set formula. He does the weather. He'll do some news. I think he's like the number one jokes. guy now. I don't even know. I haven't listened to radio since Jesus left the Jews. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what goes on on fucking radio. None at all. I, 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 I am blessed to not have to have that. You know, I just switch directly into Google Music when I get into my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sirius I only use for Howard, and that's pretty much it, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't listen to anything. Oh, there was an interesting news. show on Power 85 yesterday on, in the afternoons. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kirk showed up and uh, the uh, big fucking pussy who is um, in morning drive there just sat next to him for a half hour and didn't say anything. A big ex-athlete and Kirk just shit on him like crazy. Wait, so what's going on with Barstool Sports? Did I just read something that like they were shitting on Kirk for some reason or another? Like so what, it finally happened? Yeah, so this is what happened. He got called into the office to do an AMA 
for Barstool Gold. So he did a bunch of podcasts there. He did a bunch of the serious shows, which uh, the serious shows are eh. Uh, they don't get the buzz of the Barstool podcast, but I guess he said in a flippant comment that if I make two comments, I could get those guys on the morning show gone because he's an ex-Morning Drive guy who had huge ratings. And the guy, the big football player, the uh, the big fat fuck there, took it seriously. And while Kirk was on the air with a couple of people, he just came in, sat an inch from him and stared at him for a half hour without saying a thing. Like he's going to intimidate him and it just didn't go well for him. It was funny as hell. So how'd that end up? Like what, 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 what did we hear? Like what was going on? Like what? He would just ask things like, you know, two phone calls, two cold phone calls. I got your show. Hey, big Springsteen fan. He just was like screwing with him. And the guy oh, said nothing. Wow. And the hosts were like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. I'm like, you don't know this guy. This is like the 10th most uncomfortable thing that he's done. I can t- give you nine other things that were <laughs> s- far more uncomfortable to hear. And then they got so into wait, it and he, they got into it this, this morning. Guy, how does he like it? How does he like uh, doing Barstool? Like, how is this working oh, out? Oh, he seems to love it. He's talked about really loving it because they leave him alone. You got to remember, this guy came from, if you don't know the backstory, he came... I do not. He came from... So they got huge, huge ratings at WEEI. He got the... Uh, he got a co-host kicked off who was slipping into retirement and didn't want to change. And, and Kirk's doing an influenced by Howard Stern act. Really, 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 really good. And they're getting these huge ratings. They'd gone from like fifth to like double, tripling the ratings. And they had a conversation about, there was a story about a child who was going to be transitioning, like five years old, and the parents wanted to transition this kid. And Kirk and his co-host, Jerry Callahan, who was is very, 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 very conservative, talked about the fact that, you know what, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe five is a little too young. And this billionaire by the name of Bob Murchison, who has a transitioned son, heard this and flipped out and for about two years was emailing and calling sponsors to the point that it helped get Kirk off the air. And it ended up wow. getting his co-host, Jerry Callahan, off the air last week. Destroyed the station. And instead of just saying, hey, Bob, fuck off, they kowtowed. They, of course they did. They um, had sensitivity training, and it destroyed the station. <laughs> yeah, five is too young, number one. Yeah. Like, I will totally understand if your kid, just for shits and gigs, wants to put on a fucking dress and some ballet slippers, but to actually, you know, the whole point of, and I, of course I'm totally digressing here, but the, the whole point of being able to do that is to be an adult. You have to go through like some psychological um, discussions. You mm-hmm. have to go to a therapist for at least a year. They have to know that you know that you know you want to fucking do this, whether it's you're going to lop off your penis or cut off your tits or whatever it is. You got to be shit sure that you know you want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's really a little bit of an abomination. I'm probably going to get shit for this. but Oh, Bob Murchison's going to go after your podcast now. Trouble. It's okay. I do it for free. I think that it's a, I think it's horrible actually to, to do this to a little one. I mean, you think? Yeah, I do. And it's, and I don't think that there's any reason for that to be a uh, indicator for why a guy should be let go. Honestly. Well, 
I do have a question for you because yeah. you know it bothers me all the time. But why does he give you guys shit? Like seriously, you are his number one fucking fans. Like why does you shit? It's kind of mean. I know. Seriously. And he's going to listen to this. That? So Kirk, why are you so damn mean to us? We he saved your is. career. No, because he Sort gets... of. You kept the flame going. You were like the fucking <laughs> Olympic <laughs> torch carriers for his fucking show. You know, he never would have had a career if it wasn't for us. <laughs> he would still be out on the street. You are, though, that you are keeping that flame. It's like the tomb of the fucking unknown soldier. You just keep that flame going for like forever and making sure that it is stoked. So how could that be a bad thing for him? Uh, because like Howard, he's look, if he's he's pissing all over me, I look at that as a good thing <laughs> that if, if I was getting completely ignored, well, then, you know, I'm irrelevant. I'm a drip. But if, if I'm in the action there and he's screaming and yelling about something I've said, then I'm entertaining. There's something about me that's entertaining or relevant. Otherwise, he wouldn't be shitting on us. It's all, it's oh really all. Of course fun. it amuses him. You yeah. are like number one fans. I can't even imagine. And I was listening to one of the shows and I, I think I PM'd you and I was like, why is he shitting on you? This is so unfair. Oh God. He, he I took mean, me, he took me to the woodshed, uh, on Friday. I, I tweeted something cause I was, I was dicking around with his producer <laughs> and he took it as being disloyal and I got the shit taken out of me and I was not prepared for it. I looking at this and listening to it and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then once I settle down, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. If you're, if you're getting shit on, you're relevant. Did you deserve it? I probably did. I, I, oh, look at you. Look at, I, you know what? I, I love that to you like a fucking softball. You never deserve it. That is not fair. Sorry. So I felt a little bit bad because his producer, Dave Colony, and I was, I was dicking around with. And then I sent him a message saying, hey, can you help with the show a little bit? So I think I was a little extra rough on him. So I felt bad for Colony. And for some reason, Kirk <laughs> took offense to it out of nowhere. I'm like, where is this coming from? But that's okay. He'll come after me um, where it's undue and, you know, we'll spar a little bit. It's going to happen again. <sighs> It'll probably happen after listening to this. I would that pay fucking guy. That for... fucking guy's disloyal again. He should have been telling Monique this. She needs to go back to the stern stuff. <laughs> this is eventually what's going to happen with this podcast. It's going to become radio gunk for Menahan that we're just going to shit on him week after week after week. It's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. He's going to burn his bridge with us. We're going to hate him someday. It's just a question oh, of when. I, oh, you know what? He is going to rip you a new asshole for this one. And I'm sorry in advance, <laughs> but... You, you, you might kind of deserve it. I'm just no. Say. I haven't done anything wrong on this one, but you know, go for it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the beauty of of being sh of, of shitting on Howard, to be honest with you, is that oh my god, the haters come out of the woodwork like nothing I have ever experienced in my life. So I think I one of your haters, C word. I think one yeah. of your haters contacted me, but I think he thought I was MHB because he kept referring to me as you know, you're a young guy, you got to keep your head up. And I'm like, I'm not a young guy. I'm, I'm 43. You know, you just, you know, just keep your head up. It's early in the game. I really like your Philadelphia because I'm, I'm from Philly too. So I'm going back and forth with Captain Jenks and, and my eyes are crossed. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation with Captain Jenks because I'm old oh, enough to it. listen to him like in the early 90s, which his calls are like tame by comparison. But, Absolutely. you know, if you if you go and in history wise, you know, legendary, still a legend, but I'm like, I'm going back. Absolutely. But he clearly thinks I'm like 20 something John, which I think is, is more in his line than I am. I think that I might... don't think Captain Jenks is that young. No, I mean, I think Captain Jenks might, 
might prefer to be talking to a 20-something-year-old guy as opposed to a 40-something-year-old guy. Oh, I'm fucking wink-wink. Okay. Yeah, guessing. yeah, yeah. No, I t- okay. Yeah, I'm a little slow on the mark there. Sorry. Um, yeah, he blocks me, so fuck him. I, well, I don't he'll, even care. Well, it'll be over. Once he hears this, it'll be over. Yeah, Jenks, you really should not um, go with the rest of the miscreants on the Stern Show, like Marianne and Bobo and all of them who block me, and Shuli, that fucking hack. You know, you should be your own man, Jenks, because we'd love to talk to you about your phony phone calls. Yeah, Jenks has talent. I mean, the shit, Je- the, the kamikaze that he was with DeBella back in the 80s and early 90s and just showing up everywhere DeBella was and just destroying him. You know, we all drank the Kool-Aid. And so, you know, if Howard hated DeBella, we hated DeBella. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, he couldn't have been meaner to a person like DeBella. You know, he had his wife on after they got divorced and put her on dial-a-date and, um, and really excoriated her. It was just horrible. It was so abusive. It was crazy. And, and then he actually released that audio tape as a, a little tack-on to Bungo Fiesta. Um, as a as a little extra added thing like how can you hate somebody that much that you would actually go out and destroy his career destroy his marriage you know tell him he hopes his you know his father dies of cancer he's a piss on your grave i mean it's just so mean but you know what we laughed at it we thought it was the funniest thing we ever heard we were yeah you hate john bella we hate john bella i think she killed herself all, we hate after that she did kill herself, and that's the horror of it. I mean, it's like Dana played mm-hmm. all over again, for God's sakes. There's, there's a pattern. <laughs> Maybe not so much, but, but and you know what? And John DeBella being the, oh, my iPhone just dropped, and being the, you know, ever-faithful guy, just, you know, accepted his apologies and, and moved on. And by the way, let us add that uh, Howard's book is now at, like, number 420 on the New York Times bestseller. Oh, this is so sad. I went into BJ's I going know. shopping, and I saw the book there. And I almost feel like any book that's in on the BJ stack is like, that's kind of sad. It shouldn't be. Cutting Edge Howard would never be somewhere like that. And I just kind of flipped through. And it's just transcript after transcript after transcript and birthday show picture after birthday show picture. How lazy. I know you guys gave Miss America some shit. I loved Miss America. I loved private parts. I've got them on the shelf somewhere and I flip through them every once in a while. So I'm, I'm digressing here. I'm going all over the place. But it reminds me in Miss America that he talks about his story with Michael Jackson. And he plays this out, met Michael Jackson. His face was melting. But the whole story was the publicist came and said, if you kiss Michael Jackson's ass and say, you know, we got to march in the streets for Michael, then Michael will come in and bless you with an appearance on the show. Right. How is that any different than what he was looking for in the video? Well, that's exactly right. It's all about the, well, the wig pro quo. And um, it's the delusion, though. You know, it's the delusion that he has that many listeners. It's the, it's the narcissism that allows him to think that these people owe him for the success of their livelihoods. And that's the hubris that is, is him. And I think it's because, you know, we love to call him the emperor with no clothes, you know? So he has just a bunch of sycophants around him who tell him he's amazing and wonderful and great. But really, you know, he's just this naked man and he is sheltered from all things that might affect his, his day. Like today he was just talking, uh, yesterday, he was talking about how 
you know, after the show is over, he goes into his office and takes a nap, and the entirety of his staff is under strict orders to talk in hushed tones. They're not allowed to use the copy machines. They're not allowed to laugh in the hallways. They're not allowed to do anything until he wakes up and leaves the office. Now, I want you to know that I live about six blocks from him, and his home is legitimately eight to ten minutes from the office. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he wields this, like, bullshit power trip that everybody has to, like, shut up, like 60 people have to shut up and not do anything until the king has decided that his slumber is done for the day when he could very well just leave the office, get into his car, go home 10 minutes away, and sleep all he fucking wants. Like it just it just amazes me that this is how he he acts. And so he tries to be every man, he tries to be the guy that, you know, truckers going across the country would love, but he's really not that guy and he hasn't been that guy for a really really long time. Since at least 99. I think the summit video just well, no, we've actually lowered him to 90. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's down to 90 now because that PowerPoint full of like mistakes and errors and typographical errors and, you know, the... Yeah, that's the, where I had a problem the, with John's analysis of it. He's like, S -s -s someone did this for him. No, no he did no. it. No, 100% It's the him. first time he ever opened up PowerPoint. It must have been. Exactly. He probably got a class. Somebody probably came over and taught him how to use PowerPoint point and then the, the dullard probably went to the adult wife who's an english major who never graduated mm -hmm. to run it past her just to see if there were any typos and of course she didn't see any and and he just went with it and it was actually kind of shocking to me that that he would have this discussion when everybody knows fully well that months later he got rid of the news team he got rid of howard tv and the expectation that people would have to take on additional jobs. Now, granted, I have no idea what the fuck they do all day. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that anybody has a job that can be sustained for five days a week, 40 hours uh, a week, you know, just doing funny phone calls and, you know, putting shit together. I just don't understand it. And so, you know, the, the fact that he would do this and say, okay, now you're going to be in charge of doing, you know, press kits for these people. It's like, what do they know about press kits? Yeah, no Richard Christie was living in a, you know, in a silo, for God's sakes, playing drums before he came to you. Like, didn't even brush his teeth for like a month. How does he know how to do a press kit? How, do, how does anybody know how to do this? He knows how to, with feeling, told, write about how he cried when people made fun of him for having pictures of Brad Pitt on his wall. And that's the thing that's going to get him in. Because we've heard so right, many stories that, that, you know, the, uh, you know, like Ross, the intern, got all these guests on The Tonight Show because he sent letters to people saying, I got picked on, right? Not so much. Oh, okay. So I, so I didn't, I, I don't even think we mentioned that correlation when we did our shows. So I don't know this at all. So no, I'm not saying, I'm, so, I'm, I'm saying facetiously, you know, Ross, oh, okay, the okay, intern, yeah. would have done that. But no, he, he, he didn't. Nobody, Nobody's successful doing that, no matter how much he says it works. It works. Yeah. How about this? How about hire a PR firm? How about put somebody on staff that actually knows what they're doing, who has had a job outside of your little, you know, sycophantic world? He could fix and this with one hire. 
All he has to do is say, you know, Gary, <laughs> you're going to handle, like, I guess the operations of the show being on the air, answer calls. But this guy, John, who I have hired, is a PR savvy guy. He has worked on shows that book high caliber guests. He will handle all of that. Done deal. There's no, there's no PowerPoint. There's no meeting downstairs. Everybody's happy and he gets what he wants. So I'll give you a tidbit of information that I, I found out the other day, which I will give to you guys. I don't think I mentioned it yet, but I was told, okay, so you know the way they're putting together this core team and that was the whole bullshit that, you know, there's going to be people that are held accountable and blah, blah, blah. Never came to fruition. Mm. After that, after that meeting, nothing happened. Nothing and and the core team was never like really gelled together you know people kind of volunteered for it and then kind of stepped out of it or you know realized this was a, a little bit more than you know their their pay grade and it was a lot more work than what they were kind of thinking that they were going to do when they were hired and so nothing came of it however that said that particular year, they had almost a hundred guests on the show. Uh, after that edict had come down, so January to January, probably including the birthday show, they had a hundred guests on the show. And uh, Johnny on my show, Arm, did uh, analysis of of how many people that were on for like 2018 into 2019, so almost 17 months, and it was 42 guests total, including repeats. So, you know, who the fuck knows? You know, he had a bug up his ass. It was the impetus to fire, like, a couple of groups of people that he didn't need anymore. And that was Oh, it, he's just so passive-aggressive and needs an example. I, I listened to something, I think, when he was on break, talking about Al Roker, about getting pulled into Al Roker's show when he was trying to leave the building. And he made such a bit about it. And the bit could have been ended with, I saw Al Roker, he waved me in. I said, no, I can't come in. And I went home. I mean, everything right. is everything is a bother, and everything is everything a is a bother, everything. And so you know, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I am so tired of you not wanting to be there. I'm so tired of you, you know, telling us how much you hate to do fucking commercials, even though you make money off of them. Like, I'm so tired of you. You know, the 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 biggest thing for me when I was younger and used to listen to the show was I loved when he was on vacation. I loved when he would come back after vacation and you would tune in on Monday because you just wanted to know what he did on vacation, what he did, what Robin did, what Gary did, what Fred did, like, and everybody kind of went round Robin and told you about their trips, their things that they did and stuff like that. But he is such in the rarefied air of, of human being now that he really can't tell you that he went to, you know, Mel Gibson's house or something, or, you know, had a party with the head of like Sony records and saw fucking Prince live. Like he can't do that anymore because then he doesn't appeal to the, well, the homophobic male as he's the claimed core on, part on of the his video. audience. <laughs> right. So he can't claim them anymore as his own. Like, you know, like he loves to talk about how he got some movie preview and, you know, Oh no, 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 no. It was about, David Crosby and somebody wanted him to do a preview thing at his home. And he said he couldn't do it because he never knows whether or not his uh, theater TV is going to work. And he's like, you know, it's just a room that has like a TV in it. And it's like, 
No, it's not. It's like a 150-foot fucking screen with, like, you know, theater seating, probably the size of, like, a, a small movie theater. So he tries to kind of downplay it, like nothing works, and, you know, I don't know how to, like, operate my shit and stuff like that. But he, you know, he has a, a huge theater. He has a bowling alley. Yeah, like, I was about to say, you, you know, know <laughs> the people in the bowling alley might be making too much noise. That's league night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so it's just it's just a, a laughable situation that he he would tell people, you know, you may not be here in three years. When in reality, he was talking to probably TV and news you know, to give them like a heads up, but work your asses off until we get to that point, because I'm going to need your tapes and I'm going to need your, you know, PR kits and packets, whatever. And, um, and this is how we're going to roll for, and until the three years is up how, until I have to renegotiate. How is the contract. TV stuff done now? Cause they do have stuff on the app and there is some level of TV. Is that just all robotic is like one guy just hitting buttons and moving cameras. They've got to have some type I of crew there. Well, I feel like they did hire a new crew. Um, who was talking about it? That they that the actual um, birthday show was out for bid, and the Howard TV crew bid on it and lost the friggin' bid to actually do the birthday show. And um, and so yeah, I think it's just like a little separate entity um, TV crew. It's probably like you know two handhelds, or one stationary, one handheld, or something like that. Because it really only gives you two points of view. So I can't even imagine it's more than that. And the fact that they've marginalized Fred now and put him behind a freaking wall is laughable. Oh to God, me. I watched I watched one video there where they were laughing about how I can put the thing up so I don't have to see Fred. Uh, this is a guy exactly. who's been with him since Hartford. Uh, Fred was out of college when when Howard hired him uh, again another one who never had another job in his life you know so, so listen they're just riding the wave until it comes crashing down this, that's all they're he doing he can't possibly get another contract he's got to be gone um, in 2020 he could I think he could and I think Sirius would take him in any way shape or form that they could um, why would they I um, because he still has some sort of name cachet that I think they like I mean, my guys would probably tell you differently, but I, I firmly believe that he will do it on his terms. Um, you know, he's been hinting around about doing a three-hour show now as opposed to four hours because, you know, who does a four-hour show, Robin? And um, and thinking of taking it to three hours, maybe two days a week or whatever he chooses. And you know what? So what? He makes a little bit less money. He doesn't care. I mean, why would he? You know, it's just it's just pocket change for him now. So he'll do that until he slowly fades out. And you know what? Fuck you that you thought your book was going to, you know, change everybody's perception of who you are. Everybody who knows you knows that you're still known for fucking uh, painting of the green on a girl's tits mm -hmm. and, you know, slapping bologna on their asses and riding the Sibian and, and stuff like that. You know, nobody cares about this new Howard. Nobody. I think this is always the guy he's been. I remember back in 97 when the movie came out. And it was yeah. incessant talk about that. And then he went on every show, including Larry King, and he was a totally different Howard Stern. This was a tame Howard Stern. And in retrospect, it's that guy that we see now, the very different guy. And then when the movie didn't turn him into an A-list movie star, he slid back into the old Howard. So I, I think my theory is he was doing all this stuff to get to the A-list. I don't have the talent to be an actor, so I'll tell fart jokes, and that'll get me into the A-list. And if I bitch and moan and, and 
yell about Rosie O'Donnell and call her a fat pig and stuff. That'll get me popular. And then when that's not working, maybe I can shift it this way. And if I kiss their ass, then I'll get there. It just feels like he's been trying to get to this place all along and it's just different methods. Yeah, he's always wanted to be the kid, you know, sitting at the lunch table with the football players, and he never was. You know, deep down inside, he's just a geek who, you know, was singularly unattractive, way too tall, you know, probably didn't fit in at all, and was a little bit of an outsider. And and he was able to use various people's personalities to become the person that he became. And... You know, yes. Can we call it all an act? Probably. Yeah. You know, because I don't think he's ever been into like women and their tits and all that bullshit that he did. You know, he was just totally catering and pandering to his audience. And now he says, fuck it. You know, I make $90 million a year. I don't have to do that anymore. You know, I can come at them with like, you know, psychology 101, uh, probe into their lives, look at their fucking wiki pages and and come out with a, a great interview. And guess what? P.S. Nobody else has the the format that you do that you can have somebody on for an hour, hour 15, hour and a half, you know, and of course, of course, when you have somebody on that long, you're going to be able to delve into their lives and who they are and ask amazing questions. Who else has that luxury? No one, you know, no one. So and and I think what happens is that he won't even agree to have somebody in who can only give him 20 minutes or a half hour. Like, I think the edict is, if you can't give me an hour, then don't bother coming in. If you can't be here on, like, Tuesday at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning, don't bother. Is this just filling the, you know? filling the show? I can get these people in. Yes. Instead of a, you know, three-hour show, I've only got an hour and a half now to kill. And if I bring Ronnie in and berate him for a half hour, now I just got an hour, and that'll be the news. And there we go. On my way out. And then we have some funny phone calls and some stupid bits, and like, priest and boy and bullshit like that. And yeah, so, so yeah, as you know, $3,100 a minute, um, he can do that. I bring Bobo in for a little while, talk to Marion from Brooklyn, Balls, all these other stupid people that he has call in. I can't tell you how many people from my forum try to call in and they, you know, are summarily dismissed. They just hung up on. So it's, um, you know, the show is completely manipulated and I don't think it's any different than it has been in the past. We've had people on, you know, from Electric Eel and Gary Garver and stuff like that. We'll always tell you. Yeah, we used to, you know, call in with phony phone calls. And, you know, he never told the audience that they were phony. And it would be like some guy with like an outrageous story that he wants to tell. So he's been doing this for forever. We just drank the Kool-Aid and, and, and believed it. And now we don't. So fuck him. Oh, such. Oh my God, it is monsooning outside. I love a good thunderstorm. Oh God, it was like that here in Connecticut. I was driving home and holy crap, it was like brimstone coming down. Today? Yeah. Oh, so you got what we're getting yeah, now, I guess. Yeah, you're getting it after me. Holy shit, it was a brutal day today. I'm just, I'm sorry, I just happened to digress a little bit. I'm a, I'm a shiny toy kind of girl. Sorry. So who do you, um, want, who do you want to speculate put the video out? Come on, we're here for speculation. As so, Stuttering okay, John okay, would like say, that. speculation. Speculation. So I don't think it was Stuttering John. I'll throw that out because we've talked about it and we both tr were trying to figure it out. I do not think, I do not think it was the guys that we both know from Howard TV because I heard from a few of them who were like, who the fuck put this out? Um, 
I would love to think that it was somebody who has an axe to grind with him. I know there were rumors of like Mike Morales being the one to put it out. Some girl um, kind of claimed that Mike had given it to her to post on her YouTube. So I don't really know. I think um, where John got it from was like um, Daily Motion or, or yeah. something like that. And he was just sitting there. And well, apparently it came up on his feed. And, you know, unfortunately for me, he had called me like 14 fucking times that night. And I'm like, okay, I, I really can't talk to you. It's probably watching Handmaid's Tale or something. And um, he's like, you've got to call me. You've got to call me. And so the next morning he had sent it to me, sent it to a couple of other, like of our friends on, on Twitter. And our friend Bring Back Jackie posted it. And then he wrote to me and said, you know, I posted this thing um, that John had sent me and I was like, yeah, he sent it to me too. He's like, if you want like first dibs at it, I'll do that and I'll stop posting it. I'm like, you know what? Cats out of the bag, go for it. And then it'll give us time to study it mm -hmm. and, you know, go frame by frame and kind of figure like it out. Like the film. And kind of, but the fact that it like just um, abruptly shuts drives me insane. It's like, where the fuck is the rest of it? And then somebody told me or read it on Reddit or somebody said it on my, on my forum that um, you're only allowed to post 59 minutes or like an hour on whatever that feed is. And so that's why it was cut short like that. Well, part two. So maybe there is more of it. Yeah. Well, whoever had it and put it up has to have the other part. That's just got to be the case. One would think. One would think. And I, I feel like I feel like maybe... You know, I mean, the fact that they put it out now is like suspect to me as well. Like, why now? Why now? Why today? Why now? You know, why wait till he was on vacation? Why wait till now? So that's like a little confusing to me as well. I'm not really sure what the motivation is behind doing something like that. I mean, and if it is somebody who's there, you know, who would have that from like seven years ago or whatever? It's got to be somebody in the ago. room. Somebody in the room. That's what I'm thinking. So. Who knows? I mean, there's 60 people there. So there could be a very low level person there who, you know, really thought that this would be like a great thing to do. But like with robberies and like with murders and shit like that, it's like I'm pretty positive that, you know, whoever the, the guy is would love to be out there and say, you know, guys, I'm the one who did it. Like I did this. But, you know, maybe they would get fired. So ergo, maybe it's somebody who's still there, you know. What about somebody like a Scott the Engineer? So I don't think so. You know, I was up there um, watching a Bennington show not too long ago. And it was with uh, not Larry David, but the other one, David Charles or Charles David or whatever the fuck his name I think is. Larry and Charles. I, Larry Charles. Yeah. And so I was sitting in the. Have you ever been up to Sirius? No. Okay. So there's like this giant fishbowl that's right behind the receptionist desk. And a lot of people, that's where Al Roker saw Howard. I mean, so a lot of people do their shows in there and they do like a videotape of it as well as the audio. And it's like a dead silent, super thick glass room. So I'm sitting in there with Grillo because I, I dragged him with me and uh, we're watching the show. And then I see coming out of like the Stern compound, a couple of the guys. So it's like that fucking twink that I wish Ice would a take wilding. away. Chris Wilding yeah. and... Brindano and Mamet and somebody else. All right, so they go upstairs. And then I see Scott, and Scott goes upstairs, and I think he's like uh, walking and talking with Jason. So they go upstairs. 
And then Sal goes upstairs, and then Gorilla sees Richard Christie, so he runs out to talk to Richard, and they start bullshitting and whatever. And I didn't because I was just really nervous for the guys to like know who I was. So, but yeah, Scott was part of the the meeting. They, so they all went into a meeting, and then they all came back downstairs. So they were all together. So I'm not necessarily sure Scott would be the one to do that, you know, because I, I saw that he was still part of their process. You know, he may work for Sirius now instead of Stern, but he was part of whatever meeting they were going into. So he was definitely an integral part of whatever they were doing. Okay, well, how about so, a, how about a John Lieberman or a Lisa G? Love that. Love the news team idea. Love that. And then Lisa G, you know, she's another one who would never burn a bridge. I, I asked her to come on the show and she, she politely declined. She didn't really want to talk about Howard and whatever, and that's fine. So I, I don't think that she would. I mean, I love, you hear that? Yeah. I would love like a Penny Crone or something like that. Well, she was long or... gone by that time, though. Oh, was she? Yeah, she oh, was only there know. for like a year. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, I don't know. I my my whole theory always is that you know the person would probably love to come out and take uh, ownership of this, but maybe they can't because they're still there. So maybe you know, listen for the twelve people that we do know on that show. There's another fifty that we don't. So. You know, who knows? I, I'm just stunned by there's that many people there. Not that I know. I listened a little bit. I think, I think Jim and Sam are number two in terms of listeners. I think it would make sense that they are. And how about Rich and Cavino? I guess. Uh, boy, I used to listen to them back in like 2005, 2006 when they were on Maxim, and what a what a snooze fest that was. Yeah, I don't. Not, not that, that I'm so not that. Jim and Sam do very much for me, although I, I like Jim Norton separate when he's doing stand-up stuff. But I'm, I'm listening to their show, and he's talking about I need a, I, I need to get a cab to get here. And I'm like, you're probably like the number two show. Bang for buck for what they're paying you, you probably net more income than Howard does, and, and you're living this meager lifestyle. And this guy still, who doesn't have a huge audience, still schlepping around in, in a limo. Oh, I heard you know, that one. I I, Weather it's talk. so crazy outside. I love it. Um, I, you Getting know, any Mr. rain Whiskers. up there. <laughs> Mr. Whiskers, who loves to do like little gossip moments at the uh, tail ends of our show. Um, he did a little thing about the Stern show, which if people didn't listen to the actual podcast version uh, of it, he said basically that... Um, Gary, when they took the show down from four days to three days, literally got like a $200,000 pay cut or something to that effect and went from making like $800,000 a year to $600,000 because he's like, you're not fucking working as much as you used to, so you don't need to get paid that much anymore. The fact that Gary's making... And that money goes into his pocket. Yeah, because if I understand the deal, it's okay, we're paying you X amount of money and the budget comes out of there. I feel like the $90 million, I, I feel like he doesn't make $90 million. Like, I feel like the budget right. for everything comes out of that pool of money. But, but even if that's $90 million, what are you spending on $90 million? You're not. You're not. He's a marble hoarder. He's not spending it. But the fact that he took away all the DJs that were on 101, put it in his pocket. He gets rid of TV, puts it in his pocket. News, in his pocket. Who in the fucking right mind needs to have like nine people or eight people doing news for the Stern Show? Like, who needs that? They were so intrusive and so obnoxious. Nobody needed that. 
but that money went into his pocket. So Gary getting a pay cut in his pocket, you know, pretty much anybody who got, I even hear that Fred may have gotten a pay cut. Oh, for Christ's sake. They sakes. went down to three days. If there's one, but not that there, if there's one guy that, that I adore and I don't know if he'd ever get an interview with him because I feel like he'd be a bore is Fred. Like Fred is the MVP there. I'm, I'm obsessed with Fred. I think Fred is like, the greatest thing ever, the fact that he can hit those sound cuts when he did. Um, I was telling MHB one time when I'm hitting like the sound cuts that I have here. I'm like, you got to understand that when Fred was doing this back in the day, he wasn't hitting a button. He actually had stacks of carts and he's grabbing carts and he's pushing them in and he's hitting the button. And that's seamless. Like, how is that possible? Well, yes. And that was brilliant. But now you cut to today. Cut to today where Fred basically could just phone it in. You know, punch something up on a computer. They don't use any of those fun things that they used to use back in the day. They have a Spanish person on air. You don't hear the fucking chicken dance anymore. <laughs> you don't hear like crazy Alice. You don't hear any of that stuff anymore. You know, and now that he's like the main voice for these puppets, you know, he was doing this Ronnie puppet on Tuesday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, one of those days. And and they're talking about Ronnie being at like some comedy show with actually fuck face and and saying the the c word and i swear to you between fred and howard um they must have said the see you next tuesday word like 50 times and ronnie said it maybe three times and kept saying i don't say that word when i'm on stage i don't do that and they're just like kunk, 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 kunk. and it was just almost uncomfortable it's like, who could be listening to this with their windows down anywhere, anywhere in the world <laughs> and, and find it amusing? And so now Fred's job has become, you know, puppet master, basically. That's what he is. And every so often he'll, he'll do uh, a drop. And if you notice, how often do you listen to the show? Very infrequently. Fairly? Very infrequently. It's tough okay. to get into a habit because it's on for a week or two for three days and then it's off. Exactly. And I'm going to pay so, for that? I think. Hell no. No, you're not. No, you're not. And then the new thing is now is that I think there's like a really set playlist that he play, allows Fred to play when he's coming off of break. And I am 100% positive that he now has the words to every song in front of him so that he can sing along to the songs because he literally doesn't even know the words to Stairway to Heaven. Like he has no idea what the words are to any songs. And now Christ. all of a sudden he's like Mr. Music. And he sings all the songs, uh, all the words to all the songs that come on. Like, all of a sudden, he has this scary knowledge of music. And he doesn't. He totally fucking doesn't. So that's Fred's job now. You know, playing Howard's music list, you know, we call Metal Mania, because that's what his playlist used to be called. And, uh, you know, doing the fucking puppets. So he's also marginalized. So, so for what he does, he takes Howard by the armpits and he holds him up to the best he can. What a waste of talent. Fred's awesome. I, I'm, um, obs I'm obsessed yeah. with Fred. We may agree to disagree on that. You know, Fred has tried many times to be an actor, to, you know, he tried to get on SNL. He just didn't have the chops I'm, for I'm it. not saying so, on the other stuff. I'm saying in terms of what he could do on that show. He Amazing was brilliant as the, as the soundboard guy. Absolutely fucking brilliant. You would think to yourself, how did he get that that quickly? Like, every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. But now, not so much. Not so much. You know, and ever since that summit thing came out, I have to be honest with you, I look at Howard with a whole new set of eyes. And I, I don't hate anybody. I truly don't. I, I don't hate Howard. I loved him for years and years and years and years. Yeah, we like to talk shit about him, but, you know, because we can. Mm -hmm. 
and I think I look at him now with like really a different set of eyes like that. This is the guy. This is this is his real face. This is the, the pelican beak coming off. And this is him now showing us who he really is. And it's a little upsetting. I mean, I don't take it to heart as some other people do who have watched the tape like, you know, 20, 30 times. I've literally only watched it like the two times that we had it on air other than the first time I saw it. And that's it. It's like, okay, this is who he is. Now we know. He's a sad you know? old man. He's become Imus. Kind of. He really has become yes, Imus. He, yes, he has. And he is exactly what he would have made fun of 20 years ago. That's who he's become. He's become a mockery of himself. So shame on him for thinking that he can change his world into being that person now because he can't. I go back every once in a while. I, I, I clipped it and I was going to put it up and I, I lost track of time and I didn't. So maybe I'll do that tonight. There was a clip that I found on YouTube where they got all the Fred out, but it's Billy West doing Raymond Burr. And it was Love. it was Raymond Burr's niece or something was suing Richard Benvenides, who was his lover over the will and and he's and Raymond and, he's, and Billy's doing this dead on Raymond Burr like who does a Raymond Burr impression who Nobody. would think of that Nobody. and he does this Raymond Burr where he's talking about cross-dressing and stuff you you would never put that on my my homophobic audience likes that of course Fred did a terrible impression is trying to ruining it stepping all <sighs> over but my god I listened to that and then today you, you would never get something like that Billy West is brilliant, number one. You know, He's the he, one guy. He's the one guy who works somewhere else and has worked somewhere else afterwards and became more successful. Successfully. That's exactly right. He is the one guy. Wow, listen to that. He is the one guy who has ever left that show and had success. Well, John. Think about it. Jo okay. John to he some level. He is the one guy. He is the <laughs> one guy <laughs> who has ever left that show and had sustainable success. How about that? Got bigger. Far bigger because his talent, because he has a palpable talent. He 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 actually knows how to do something other than, you know, kind of living off of the fifteen or twenty minutes of fame. And not saying that John didn't do a fantastic job with what he he had to work with, honestly, because I think he did. Um, it's just that it just becomes so hard to recapture that and that success and you know to have a name out there and do something above and beyond what you were known for. So I, I do believe that's got to be a hard thing. But Jackie, too. Grillo, too. I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of a hard thing for them to do and to recapture that level of, of success and, and be good at it. So I kind of I feel for them, you know, in a way. Artie, too. You know, we just found out Artie's, you know, um, stuck in the pokey until the end of July or end of August. Well, when did that come like out? That. I miss that. Oh, that was just the other day, oh. actually. Somebody um, somebody had a thing here. Artie, yeah, let me tell you what the, I have my website open. Give me a second. It says, um, Artie Lang doing well, back in rehab after probation violation. So basically it says, comedian Artie Lang, formerly Howard Stern Show, and HBO show is crashing, is reportedly doing well after being arrested for violating his probation following prosecution for heroin and cocaine possession. Officials told Radar Online that Lang is currently doing well and following the rules and will be staying at a rehabilitation facility in Clinton Hill, New Jersey through the end of the summer. So, yeah. So, you know, Artie's behind bars. Um, he got busted once again whilst he was at the gas station. I firmly believe that he allowed himself to be 
uh, videotaped at the gas station so that his dealer could know where he was exactly and he could get drugs from him. And that's what happened. He's never going to get sober. He's never going to get no, sober. He's gonna, this will not end No, nope, he's going to die, and it'll probably be sooner rather than later at this point. I was recently listening to, I went back to some of Artie's old podcasts when he had Gilbert on, and they were doing the shit on a plane bit. And I'm <laughs> dying. I mean, it's the closest I heard to Stern with the two of them there lamenting the fact that they're not allowed in. That's, that's my number one guess for Kirk is I, I want him to get Gilbert on. Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert would be anyone's number one guest. Seriously, there's, there's no better guest than Gilbert. I'm, I'm trying to explain some of the stuff that Gilbert talks about to MHB, like the Paul Lynn stuff and, and the helicopter ride with, um, oh, shit, now I'm for Big Enos, and I'm forgetting the guy's name, but all of these like old, old, time, like, old time people that Gilbert was like really into. And, Such his yeah. niche. It's a ma- Lyle Wagoner. I mean, you know, just anybody who... Anybody associated with, like, basically Carol Burnett or the Love Boat is pretty much who he has in. <laughs> yeah, Gavin McLeod on. He had Gavin McLeod on a couple of weeks ago, and I'm listening to this, and he sounded every second of, like, 90 that he was. Hey, Mayor. <laughs> but he, he's so good with them, though. And, you know, you can tell he's a fan, and you can tell that he actually comes from a place of love when he talks to these people and it makes for an amazing podcast. Same with like with Joe Rogan, you know, he has people come in that he actually studies. He knows what he's talking about. It comes from a place of like admiration or love. And he does a great fucking podcast because the guy from news radio makes these guys great. The guy from news News radio, Radio. the straight man for Andy Dick, Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. That's how I know him. uh, Right. Right. I'm like, that's (laughs) the guy who became the, the podcast. God. I literally know him from, uh, what was that stupid uh, reality show that he did with the girls eating bull's testicles? Oh, Fear Factor. Fear Factor. That's where I know him from. That's it. That's all I got for Joe Rogan. Yeah, I... I, And I don't listen to his show because, you know, it's it's a little guy-ish for me, but... Depends on the guest. um, It depends on the guest, but I don't follow uh, him. He had Anthony Cumia on, and I listened to a little bit of that, and I like that. Oh, how was that? It was good. I like Anthony, though. Yeah. You know, that's one... That's my one regret... Uh, interview that we did because when we did it, we, you know, it was kind of early on and Grace, who I used to work with, actually spoke to his PR person, got him on the show and, you know, we just, as usual, you know, we can, we can never get our shit together. We like talked over him, we blathered, we were drunk. <laughs> and it was just a... It was an absolute shit show. And I had never listened to Kumia ever. So I didn't know anything about him. Oh, so, God, I, you know, I was just like a blathering idiot. Seriously. I listened to I around that. here back in 94 when they were on in Boston and they were playing like 12 records an hour and they had like 30 seconds to say something. And it was amazing. So I, yeah. I listened to them a little bit and they, they did sound like the cutting edge type Stern. They were good. They weren't they weren't as good. They weren't the same. But at their best. They were really entertaining. What do you think about Opie? Yeah, he's kind of a bore fest. I tried to get into his podcast and I just, I couldn't get into it. I could get into the episode that he had on with Stuttering John and Jackie. I mean, that was great, but he's also leveraging Jackie and Stuttering John telling their stories. I just, I couldn't get into his stuff. I think he needs that other person there. Well, and he had that chef dude for a while who wound up being the breakout star for that show. And now he opened up a restaurant, like a Cuban restaurant downtown. So he doesn't really have the ability to have him on anymore. 
you know, and have the time for him. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he left Westwood One. He's mm-hmm. doing his own show again now. So, and I have not heard anything about him. He's another one. I PM him all the time. When are you coming on the show? You know, when are you doing this? When can we discuss your days at Sirius? Blah, 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 blah. I have his phone number. I text him sometimes. Nothing. Crickets. Fucking crickets. But then he PMs me to promote his interview with Jackie. And it's like, okay, so this is totally unfair. Mm. You want me to promote it to my people, yet you will do absolutely nothing for me. And I think it's seriously unfair. So whatever. Whatever, Opie. Nobody cares. Yeah, he just, I don't know. I think I think Anthony was the guy, and they were they were magic together, and I don't know. And if that's our... it, and you can't reclaim that. Sorry. Nope. No. This was fun. I'm glad you could come on. I'm happy to promote your podcast. Oh, me too. I'm glad we get to chat with each other yeah. every once in a while, and we PM with each other, and we talk about you know what a nerd you are. It's, <laughs> it's fun. I'm I'm the biggest <laughs> freaking nerd on the planet. And I'm lucky to have that. I appreciate that. I'm lucky to have that that nerd, that loser, MHB, come with me because he's so freaking talented. I wish somebody would pick him up and and put him on the air somewhere because, you know, that's the way it is now. That that back 20 years ago, you'd do a radio show, and now you can break out on a podcast and and get somewhere. So you're so cute. You're so um, um, beneficent. Like, why why do you think that he should do something and not like get two of you together? Like, I don't understand. Oh, he's younger than me. I'm not trying to kick him off. I'm just saying what? he's got. What are you? What are you? A hundred? Forty-three. What? I feel old. You're not old. You're not on ARP. You're not on Medicare. You're. You know why is it just him and not you? I don't understand. What are you? What are you? Yeah, you're. You know, you're, you're saying something right. This is something I just talked about in therapy this week that I undersell myself here. Um, totally yeah. what's wrong with you yeah, we're a great team i like the guy exactly you're a great team and you know what fuck that kirk will give you like shit on air and you deserve <laughs> it you see this is this is a pattern i see with you i see this pattern going on i'm, that I'm an abused lesser, spouse you totally are you're like of lesser deservance well you've you convinced know, me I, i'm gonna find kirk and i'm gonna light him on fire in the bed <laughs> It's going to be the burning <laughs> bed part two. This insolence shall be punished. <laughs> this insolence shall be punished. Mm-hmm. Off air. Yeah. I really, I'm going to give you shit. <laughs> get off of this podcast. Really, stop it. Yeah, and he's like, got that. He's got that yourself. little blind fuck there. He's not making any money. He's sitting there laughing his head off. So is it me, or does he sound a little bit like high pitched Eric, <laughs> like a little low pitched? <laughs> that guy. <laughs> no, seriously, does he sound? Does he sound a little like like low pitched, high pitched Eric to you? Am I wrong? I, I don't know how I could do an impression of him as high pitched Eric because I can do the high. <laughs> no, but high pitched being low pitched, high pitched, low pitched is blind Mike. I don't even know if that made no, sense. No, it doesn't. I, I, I now now I can't even see it or hear it. Um, do you have any vocals of, of blind Mike? Yeah, the only thing that I have is uh, I've got like two things here because, God, I only have so much time to sit here and cut up audio. But I've got I his, know, I've got his laugh <laughs> and I've got his grunt. <sighs> okay, no, that doesn't <sighs> work. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. So how did he wind up being like the, the, the feeder fish off of Kirk on the podcast? Yeah, it's kind of a great story happened? with him. Um, I, I, I'm shitting on him a little bit, but I really like Mike cause he's a great story. So he, 
People in Intercom are listening. I'm outing him. So I think he does some promotions still at the Intercom cluster, like under undercover. And he had a podcast on. So if you don't know Blind Mike, he used to work at Barstool. He was an intern there. And David Portnoy would say that Mike's talent was he could take a two second job and make it two hours because he couldn't see. (laughs) And so he got notoriety from being a Barstool intern and he had his own podcast and EEI agreed like we're not going to pay you anything, but you can use our studio and you can use our, our feed to do a podcast. And when Kirk was getting the shit beaten out of him because Mike was under the radar and nobody was listening to him, Mike got on there and would defend Kirk. And I think it might come from that. He's reached out and said, I can help you with this. I can help you with that. And I think it just started with Mike's going to sit in there and kind of help the producer to Mike just started speaking up and Kirk liked what he had to say. And and Mike's been kind of confident and funny and an ass kisser, really. And burying every fucking person that he can. Oh, (laughs) you'll never believe what Steve said. (laughs) Was he like... So was he like the equal opportunity hire because he was blind? Like I don't know. I think Kirk just likes guy. him. I think they have a rapport. No, no, no. I him. mean, like as an intern, like who hires the blind guy? Let's be honest. No, because Portnoy wanted to throw like wallets at him and he couldn't react to it. I have no idea how he got hired there. Because <laughs> he's an interesting and guy. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there he is. There he is being sidekick. So he said on the show recently that he's been in a relationship with a girl for seven months and has not met her family yet. And the girlfriend doesn't want him to meet the family to the point that her brother got married and he wasn't invited. Thoughts on that? Oh, that that is unacceptable. That's what I said. That is completely unacceptable. So let me ask you a question. Does she have like a, uh, does she have a actual boyfriend and maybe he's just like a blind side piece? Not that he can see. Seriously. (laughs) No, no, seriously. Did did he not see this coming? Like, <laughs> <how>? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. That's so obnoxious. That, that's actually quite possibly worse than my laugh, if, if that's possible. No, seriously. So uh, my theory is that she either has another guy that her parents are aware of, and so bringing him into the fold is a bad thing. B... She doesn't want them knowing. Is he all blind? He's mostly blind. Uh, he's got macular. He's got macular degeneration. Degeneration. Yeah, I know what that is. So does he have peripheral vision? No, or he can does see. He, have a dog? Like he can see. I asked him about it one time, and it's like he's got like a piece of paper in front of his eye, and there's a there's a pinhole, and he can kind of see through the pinhole. So he can kind of see a little bit straight ahead, and it's blurry, but on the sides he can't see, and it's just getting worse as time goes on. So that's a shame. He should definitely have like a service dog because that's a great pickup <laughs> item. I don't understand so, why he, he wouldn't. So fu- <laughs> funny story about that. There's a gentleman who we can't name anymore, whose name shall oh. not be spoken, but we were going to dress this person up as a service dog and he fucked up the but bit. But his initials are? M M Jr. We are not to speak Wait, so of what him. Okay. So, he who must not be spoken not of. Least- so what happened? Well, he was going to dress up as a service dog for Mike. But I think we should get Mike a real service dog. 100%. It is such a great 
thing. You know how many girls would come up to me, oh my God, so cute. Am I allowed to pet your dog? And they'd be like, no, sorry, he's working right now. I mean, I'll have the whole sympathy. Yes, working the dog is. (laughs) But he's been, you know, that's funny that you said that, that maybe she has a real boyfriend that the uh, the family knows about and she can't bring him around. Oh, I hope that's not the case. I don't think it's the well, case. Well, does he is he in love with her? I don't know. You have to ask him, but I think so. And MHB like, is seen her. How often does he see? What's that? Oh, really? MHB is seen her. Well, so they seem to get so along quite well. But he said that this is a pattern for her. How often does he see her? Frequently. How They're could they be a pattern? Together. They're only there seven months. How, how does pattern form uh, in seven I months? Don't, I, I don't know him well enough to know all of his details. I could ask him. I don't understand. I could say, I hey, Monique's got about 20 questions about your relationship. Tell me X, Y, and Z. I do. I do. I need to know about this. I'm really Questions good you're at, asking, at I don't know where they're coming shit. from. <laughs> it is a shame. And the fact that now... He's going to hear this and he's going to freak out. Did he mention it on yeah. air? And Kirk okay, just fixated and- right on it. They talked about it today. Of course you do. I'm fixated on it right this second. So so what was his theory on it? What did he say? Uh, sensitive she is. Cry she does when I bring it up. Uh, he said that. Yeah, okay, Blind Yoda. I don't understand that either. Like what, 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 what? I would be like visually offended, like virtually offended. We by had this, this like, conversation when we taped on Monday that when I met my wife, I met my wife back in 2002. Like I met her on July. We had our first date in August. I had met her parents by September or October. I'd gone to a wedding with her in October for her cousin. And we had gone away to her parents' place in Rhode Island by the end of October. It was like a couple of months I was integrated into the family. If if my wife at the time had said, no, 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 I would have been Not jealous. Yet. I would have been a maniac. I would have I would have sabotaged the relationship for the negative feelings that I had. This is bullshit. Hundred percent. I have another question. Was it a destination wedding? No, it was local. I think. Oh, even worse. See, with the destination wedding, at least you could say, oh, you know, I have to travel to like Puerto Vallarta, where the fuck it is. And, you know, we already have the room set up and I'm sharing with like, you know, my friend or whatever. And that would have been like a totally good excuse. But a local wedding that you don't invite your new seven month boyfriend to, something's wrong. She either has somebody else or, or, you know, for some bizarre reason, she she doesn't want him to be part of her her infrastructure. Uh, I would say I say drop uh, it. What is that? Some grunting. Uh, that's ho- that's a horrible noise. Well, he makes a lot of horrible noises. Say- oh, he's gonna hear this <laughs> and he's gonna tweet something out. Emmy, <laughs> a DC friend. I thought he was once again. <laughs> buries me. Does he really write like Yoda? No, like, he doesn't. You right said something on the show, and I just started talking backwards, and it's just become a thing. Okay. I just enjoy doing it. He doesn't talk like that at okay. all. But yeah, I, okay, I heard so the seven, and he said, oh, she had a boyfriend for a year and a half before me, and he never met my parents, and when I asked, she starts crying. She's Albanian, okay. too. I don't know if it's okay. an Albanian thing. Albanian. All right, interesting. Maybe, maybe her family's really fucked up. Maybe she's embarrassed but he's like the perfect guy to meet a family if you're blind. Like, you know, even if your mother's like fucked up and has two teeth, you know what I mean? Like two hairs on her head. How would he know? You know what I mean? 
that he's the perfect person to into to to meet a fucked up family. Yeah, he's not a bad looking guy either. Her. I had a girlfriend when I was growing up, and I'm not even going to say her name because fuck her. And she lived with her grandmother, and her grandmother's sisters were all retarded, like severely <laughs> retarded. And they'd wobble down the street, and they were both like, you know, 300 pounds. They were conquerors. And used to make fun of them. Totally. And so she would never invite people to her home. Because she was embarrassed for her family. So she literally got out of her house at like 18 and just like married the first guy that would have her and moved out immediately and only invited her, her mother to the wedding. Didn't invite like her, her aunts or her grandmother or anything because she was so embarrassed of them. So maybe there's some sort of something where, you know, she has like some severely fucked up family that she doesn't want him to meet. Or that they don't speak English, and then with the blind thing, maybe he's like at a disability with that, and you know can't use the Google Translate into fucking Albanian or whatever she is. I mean, I don't know. I just th- uh, assumed they were in Slavic mafia or something like that. I like that too, but again, he's blind. Who cares? Like, what does he know? What he sees nothing. He knows nothing. What's it? What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? You this know, is a little bit. Pick him out of a fucking lineup? Really? Really? Yeah, really? he couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I don't think. Exactly. Oh, he's going to hear exactly. this. He's going to freak out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Blind oh, Mike. Okay. I don't mean anything by it. I don't know you from a hole in the wall. I'm just picking on you because I can. Sorry. He's a big sorry. boy now. He's a co-host on a big show. He doesn't make. I know. He's he like, does it for free, but he's on the show. It's a really? big. Yeah, he doesn't make for, make any money. They don't pay him. Oh, that's a shame. He's a master negotiator. So how does he make money? He does promotions for Intercom, I think. Oh. I don't know the whole blind Mike backstory. I've got to like sit down with him and like I feel like there's so many holes here that I'm slightly don't know. fascinated by he's him. Very, so he's a very fascinating guy. I need to know. When you do have him on, I need to know so I can hear it. Okay. Yeah, we'll have him on again. That. He has his own podcast they're recording tonight. It's probably a snooze fest, so don't bother. <laughs> no, that's okay. I have to I have to go into my living room and actually eat some dinner and, and watch some TV. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm exhausted. I didn't know I was going to get through right, this today because I was so freaking tired, but well, I got I'm through it. Yeah, I am too. This was fun. This was a nice other side look at the video without doing like a play-by-play of it. So I appreciate you. you I wanted um, to do something different. Different perspective. I appreciate that. It gives me a chance to actually talk about it without, you know, having people, you know, also talk about it at the same time yep. as we do, as we are wont to do. Cool. So, yeah. All right. All right, Smelly. All right. So thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, love to have you on. You're on anytime. Anytime you're welcome. I'd love awesome. I'd love to do I something with your guys too and beat the shit out of them. Oh me too. Oh me too, me too, me too. All right, so let's let's plan that. Uh, and I'll I'll PM you and we'll we'll figure it out. Okay. Right. Fat All right, sorry. Shit. <laughs> I hit sorry, the button too MHB, early. MHB, MBH, whatever MBC. MB, MHB, whatever. Sorry that you were MHB. Okay, I got it. 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 (laughs) And Kirk, if you're listening, love you too. Um, You know, thanks for giving me a shout out the other week. I appreciate it. It's always cool. And uh, you guys can come to radiogunk.com and come to the forums and hang out with us and shoot the shit because we do like a daily listening thread on the Stern show when he's on. And then the rest of the time, we're just basically doing pop culture and, and giving Howard shit. So that's all I got. All right. See ya. Kirk, I really love you, and I'm sorry that we're estranged.